Today in the Joy in the Word podcast, we pick up in the Gospel of Matthew, and we're in chapter 9. This chapter begins with Jesus healing a paralyzed man. It says, Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralytic lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your heart? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven, or to say get up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Get up, take your mat, and go home. And the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe, and they praised God, who had given such authority to men. And then we get the story of the calling of Matthew. It says, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. Now the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of Luke refer to Matthew as the disciple Levi. Here Matthew refers to himself as Matthew. And it says, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? So when they say sinners, they mean people that are not following the law of Moses, but the term was commonly used at that time to refer to tax collectors, adulterers, robbers, and other people who were lacking morality, but very closely associated were tax collectors and sinners. On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And then picking up in verse 14, Jesus is questioned about fasting. This can also be found in the Gospel of Mark in chapter 2 and Luke in chapter 5. Then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast? But your disciples do not. Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do men pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. So the explanation on this that Jesus is referring to is that fresh grape juice ferments, and therefore the wine expands, and new wineskins would stretch. But if they used a used wineskin and it stretched, it would already be partly stretched, stretch more, and would break. So Jesus is saying that no one would do that with wisdom. And so he's bringing 
a new form of wisdom that cannot be confined within the old understanding. So now picking up in verse 18, it is entitled, A Dead Girl and a Sick Woman. And this is, of course, showing some of the miracles that Jesus performed. And this can also be found in Mark and Luke. While he was saying this, a ruler came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. Just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, If only I touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment. Now, the Gospel of Luke records this same story, like I said, in chapter 8. And in that version, Jesus actually says, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. So when her faith caused her to go up and touch the edge of his cloak, he actually felt the power. He actually felt that healing be released from him. Then it says, When Jesus entered the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd, he said, Go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. News of this spread throughout the region. Then picking up in verse 27, Jesus heals the blind and the mute. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, will it be done to you? And their sight was restored. Jesus warned them sternly, See that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the news about him all over the region. While they were going out, a man who was demon-possessed and could not talk was brought to Jesus. And when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. The crowd was amazed and said, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, It is by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. Now, Jesus actually, later in Matthew chapter 12, explains the fact that Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. Therefore, if Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. So how could his kingdom stand? So he's saying that Satan can't drive out demons because they're on the same side. So picking up in verse 35, it's entitled, The Workers Are Few. Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So people are in desperate need of help. They need someone to tell them the good news of the gospel. But there's very few people that were willing to do it. Now, picking up in chapter 10, it is entitled, Jesus Sends Out the Twelve. And this is talking about the twelve disciples. 
and this can be found, of course, in the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of Luke. So, it says, He called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. So, he gives his authority to his twelve disciples. He sends them out to cast out spirits and to heal sickness and disease. And now it says in verse 2, the names. It says, these are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. And that is John, as in John that wrote the Gospel of John, and also John 1, 2, and 3, and also the book of Revelation. And then Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, whose book we're reading, James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and then Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. So even now, listing, of course, his name, Judas Iscariot, we know that he is already the one who betrayed Jesus. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter the town of the Samaritans. So at this time, the gospel, the good news, was to give to the people of Israel, to give them the opportunity to see Jesus, to know who he is and that he is the Savior that they have known would come, that has been prophesied. It says, go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not take along any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for the journey or extra tunic or sandals or a staff. For the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search for some worthy person there and stay at his house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet when you leave the home or town. I tell you the truth, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore be shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Be on your guard against men. They will hand you over to the local councils and flog you in their synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death. And a father his child, children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. All men will hate you because of me, because he who stands firm to the end will be saved. So here Jesus is saying that this will cause division, people that will receive Jesus and people that won't. When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. I tell you the truth, you will not finish going through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A student is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the student to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebub, how much more the members of the household? 
So Jesus is saying he's been called Satan himself, so what will his followers be called? So do not be afraid of them. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father. And even the very hairs of your head are numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. So this doesn't mean that Jesus isn't proclaiming peace. It just means that he's recognizing that people will not receive the peace and it will cause division in the families. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. He who receives you receives me. And he who receives me receives the one who sent me. Anyone who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And anyone who receives a righteous man, because he is a righteous man, will receive a righteous man's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. And that is the end of chapter 10, and we will pick up next time in chapter 11.